0: 260 euros for a pair of Crocs, man. Those shoes pretty much broke my foot. It's only going downhill from here. What up, guys? This is Josh. And this is Fobbs. And this is the Kickback Pod.
1: And we are back. Another episode of the Kickback Pod. I am here, JD, with my man, Fobbs. And we are here for episode number 15. This one is actually a bit of an international episode. I'm across the pond as they say over in uh, Toronto, Canada. And Fabian, you're not home either. You're you're in West Germany. And yeah, we're doing this international shout out to Zoom for making all this happen.
0: <laughs> shout out Zoom, sponsor us.
1: Yeah, definitely, man. So how you been?
0: I'm good, man. Um just yeah, like like you said, I'm in uh, I'm in Dusseldorf right now, heading to Cologne on friday just checking out uh, a part of germany that i haven't really seen um it's also not really the sexiest part of germany but the most people in germany live here so uh it's cool to kind of you know get some culture and stuff like that but you you're home for the first time in like what two years now
1: man it's been it's been a good yeah it's been a little bit over two years my trip last year i had my tickets booked and everything got canceled obviously for obvious reasons and yeah, but I'm so happy to be back, seeing family, seeing friends after a really long time. And it is hot; it is so hot in Toronto—35 degrees every day so far. And uh, thank God for AC, man.
0: <laughs> I feel you. It's pretty warm here too, but uh, definitely not as not as hot and sweaty as.
1: Yeah. So in this episode, uh, since we are actually doing an international episode, and also me and Fobs, we both have had experiences living both in North America as well as Europe. So that gave us the inspiration for the topic of today's episode. We'll be comparing sneaker cultures, uh, differences in the culture between North America and Europe plenty to talk about there. Uh, yeah, so that's probably going to take up the chunk of the episode. And of course, we're going to touch on some big uh, news in the sneaker world. Uh, we'll definitely talk about those missing packages. I know a lot of you guys have been affected by the uh, Nike sneakers. Your package is going missing. We'll touch on that. And of course, as always, we'll be talking latest pickups and get you ready for the upcoming week. So let's just get started, man. Let's get started with the, uh, with the latest pickups. Uh, do you want to go first? I could go first also.
0: Um, I'll, I'll go first because uh, we have a same pickup this week, right? Um, I think the uh, protection pack. Um, yes. 2002s, uh, the, the light gray, and then I also picked up the white pair. Um, I was very, very tempted uh, to get all three colorways um, just because they're all so good in their own way. But, um, you know, I stayed sensible and I, I figured I don't need three same shoes kind of uh, although they are very different um so yeah I, I got the white pair i got the light gray pair and uh, those are my pickups i think my first pickups in a while actually uh, also first pickups i paid for myself in a while i have to be honest
1: so yeah we definitely got the same pickup there i picked up the rain cloud pair and you got the the white one which are super nice yeah are you gonna lo- customize the, them
0: mm, like what do you mean customize like cut some stuff off or what
1: No, no, no. I've seen a lot of people, the white ones. I've seen a lot of people like dip dyeing them all kinds of different Uh, colors. I don't know.
0: I don't have a really good pair of white sneakers, so I might keep them white for now. If they start getting scuffed up, um, then that's probably a good excuse to just dip dye them. I still have some dye from, I used to like dye shoes uh, like a few years back and I still have like some orange, some purple, some green left over. So um, yeah, once they get scuffed up, maybe I'll I'll, uh, play around with that.
1: All right. All right. Uh, another pickup for me. I, I haven't talked about this on the pod, I don't think, but the Travis Lowe's, the Fragment Lows, And let me just say, I'm pretty sure I have the most blessed sneakers and stuff account in the world <laughs> because on my own personal account, I hit on both the highs and the lows with the fragments. So could not believe my luck on that. And uh, yeah, I, and it was an in-store raffle. So I was able to pick it up. The day before I flew to Toronto, I took the shoes with me, and I've just been rocking them around the city, man. And, and uh, yeah, man, just flexing on my hometown. <laughs>
0: Do you like the highs or the lows better? Like now that you have had both in hand, actually, as well.
1: I gotta say, man, definitely the lows. Like, and for me, it's not really that close either. Like, I love the colorway on the lows. The quality on the highs is way nicer, though. Like, okay. Um, Quality on the highs is very similar to the highs, the original colorway, the Travis ones. The quality is amazing on the highs, but from a colorway point of view, wearability, I love the lows, and I also love the lows in the from the initial two colorways as well. So uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I have both of those lows. And uh, have, yeah, do you have my both highs pickup. as well? You have both highs. I have the lows. highs as well. The, the OG highs. Yeah, yeah, I have the highs as well. Although I much prefer the lows. I wear the lows a lot more.
0: Yeah. I feel like lows are just more wearable. Like I'm, I'm not generally a big high top person anyway. Um, being more into like kind of runners, A6, new balance, that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I have the, um, what are they? The neutral gray, low air Jordan ones. And I wear them way more than my shadow highs. Like I just feel more comfortable
1: in lows. The neutral gray lows I just released a few weeks back, the white ones with the gray swoosh,
0: yeah, like like a couple months back. Yeah, yeah, I have those and then I have the shadow ones, the highs. Um yeah. and I don't know, I feel like like Jordan one high tops, like obviously that's the classic style, but I feel like they restrict my ankle too much.
1: Um a lot of people say that. Yeah,
0: so I, I prefer definitely and I like the way the jeans fall over the lows better than the highs. Like I feel like I always have too many, like like scrunched up jeans or something when I'm wearing
1: highs. I, I completely agree with you. I think Jordan 1 Lowe's don't get enough love. It seems like it's a silhouette that's hated on by the sneaker community, but I it's one of my favorite silhouettes. I I, I think Jordan 1 lows. I even prefer them to Nike Dunk Lowe's, but that's just yeah. uh personal preference. Um, speaking of Jordan 1s, another latest pickup for me, I picked up the Jordan 1 Electro Orange. Um, that was, it had like a bit of a l- weird release in the Europe. Like a lot of stores just got them last week. So I was able to get it for retail uh, and it wasn't very difficult to get it for retail. They were sitting in a lot of stores. And this is like, for me, uh, I never miss out on Jordan ones that have a bit of orange on them. I love orange on Jordan ones. Like all the shattered backboard pairs are great. This particular pair, I'm going to definitely customize it. I really don't like that the back of it is just all white. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like, it needs some orange in there so i'm gonna give it to my man uh noel who does sneaker customizations in berlin and turn it into like a shattered backboard black toe colorway oh nice uh, but the quality on this pair is super sick uh, and one final uh pickup so even though i did pick up this pair uh, quite a while ago i just it um last week that was the carpet company Dunk high SB's which is actually my favorite SB Dunk to drop this year. What a sick pair of shoes, man. I brought it with me to Toronto as well because I actually plan to skateboard. I'm actually going to be getting a skateboarding lesson today. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, man. So from uh, who? From my my girlfriend's younger brother. Like he's super into skateboarding. So he's nice. going he's going to, you know, take me out. He's going to take me out. I'm going to learn a bit. I'm going to wear my SB Dunks, try to trash them a little bit. Yeah, I'm pretty excited, man. Hopefully, hopefully no accidents. <laughs> that's pretty
0: funny, man. We're we going to wear a helmet and like full gear as well, like the elbow pads, the knee pads, the hand pads.
1: Yeah, that, that's what that's like. I, yesterday, I was like watching YouTube videos, like how to skateboard and like all. <laughs> yeah, all, all the YouTube videos that are like, yeah, make sure your first time you wear a helmet and all that. But then I got to <laughs> go buy a helmet, man. Like I don't have a helmet <laughs>
0: i'm sure there's so, like probably a bike helmet lying around somewhere that you can put
1: on yeah true 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 yeah I'll, I'll for the first time i'm gonna rock a helmet today but i'm very excited man i'm gonna rock the SVs today what about dope. you any other pickups besides then no nah,
0: that's that's it i have like a lot of uh, and we'll get to this later but a lot of shoes that i have my eye on that are coming up soon um but no those those were the only two and and i'm actually really really happy with them i can't wait to actually uh, put them on and and you know rock
1: them yeah, man, definitely, definitely. All right, so uh, let's get into it, man. Let's get into the biggest topic that we're going to discuss today. Uh, shout out to, actually, Fabian, man. You came up with the inspiration on this topic. The sneaker culture differences between the two continents, I guess, that we've lived on. Well, probably the two biggest sneaker markets out there, North America and Europe. Uh, there's there's tons of differences, I think, not, not just in the way people dress in both these places also the sneakers that they prefer the way they get released the way collabs are done uh there's a lot of differences maybe we can get started with uh preferences of certain models in some countries uh, and some continents versus europe
0: i think uh i think preference and taste is a big one right because different cultures different you know different ways of receiving information different celebrities in the news different different kind of inspirations as well, all leads to different tastes, uh, and it trickles down to the feet and, you know, means that sneakerheads in Europe and in the U S definitely wear very, very different shoes. I would say maybe we can start with the, with the different brands. So I would say in my opinion that, you know, Jordan brand and Nike are number one in the U S Jordan brand, like retro Jordans huge, or I want to say U S and maybe North America, right? Let's just do like North America in general. in the in Europe in the EU you know like Jordans are big but i don't think they're as big as they are in the US because you know Michael Jordan was there and he's like he's an icon i'd say in Europe you're more likely to find you know a pair of adidas shoes or an asics or a new balance like going more into this kind of like runner um runner subculture and runner aesthetic like, I don't know you, I mean, you've lived in both places as well. Like what differences do you see in terms of the brands that people wear?
1: You nailed the biggest difference for me by far. So specifically Jordan brand. So Jordan brand, especially, uh, growing up in Canada, that was like such a coveted thing to have just going to high school here. And it doesn't matter like the model specifically, whether it's a one or a 14 when jordans released it was such a big deal like anyone who wore jordans in high school like a that guy had money (laughs) and b uh he was also the coolest kid in school you know so um that that culture has definitely been around north america i feel for quite a long time like pretty much since Jordan um, himself was around, you know, making those sneakers popular. So it's been a good like three decades now that there's a very strong Jordan culture. And I feel like Jordans have very recently, I'm just talking about Jordan 1s. Jordan 1s have over the last five years, I felt started to get popular in Europe as well. I've noticed like I I moved to Berlin in 2017. And I really back then even didn't see that many people rocking Jordan 1s. And But over the last like four or three or four years, I've started to see all like everyone rocking Jordan ones, you know, a hot colorway drops, everyone wants it. And especially among the younger crowd, uh, like I would say, like, between, um, like 18 year olds to 35 year olds, like that crowd, Jordan ones are right now very popular in Europe. However, those other models, like the threes and the fours, which in Canada and the U S sell out instantly, um, they tend to sit over in in europe is what I've noticed yeah um, you, you you can even look at um, um, certain certain like hype threes like for example the ama manier threes Uh, If you look at it like on StockX, I I was looking at it the other day on StockX Canada and looking at the prices because it was uh, they show you different prices depending on what country you're looking at. And the prices for those are just so much higher in Canada compared to what they're going for in Europe. They're going for a lot less over there. So not only that, you can see that there, but also just the fact that like threes and fours always sell out in the U.S., you know yeah that, doesn't matter what like colorway. yeah exactly like any time a three releases it's gonna sell out but no nah, in, in, in in europe you see those going 50 off a lot of the times
0: yeah that's true i think it, it has gotten it's changed a little bit i think since the pandemic with uh i think and a big driver in this was um you know the netflix documentary on jordan right um mm-hmm. i think after that like a lot of Jordans started to sell out more. I don't think all Jordans that would sell out in the U S sell out in Europe, but um, I still remember, I think it was like what 2017 or 2018 when like the white cement threes came out, the white, the black cement threes, those sat here in Foot Locker and, and you could get them sometimes, like you said, on 20% discount. I had friends in the U S like, yo, I need these. These are going for like double retail. And uh, like, I, I think I, I bought a pair and sent them to a friend. Um, just because they were so desperate to get them in the U S. Um, but,
1: uh, now it's, what, it's what changed a little the, bit. The, the, the other models too, like sixes, like the Carmine sixes, right. Carmine mm-hmm. sixes released this year, super popular shoe in America. It sold yeah. out instantly everywhere. They they were sitting in Europe. They yeah, were that's super true. Easy cop in Europe.
0: I think I think it really it's very like colorway dependent as well. Like obviously collabs are gonna sell out, right? But I think like the the really like OG colorways uh, on the OG silhouettes those will sell out more often now than maybe two three years ago in Europe. But it's definitely a much easier cop this side of the pond than it is over there. Just because I think it also plays into the whole like where do these subcultures or where does the culture come from? Right. And in the U.S., I think Michael Jordan is sneaker culture, right? There's no way around it. Michael Jordan and air Jordans is the beginning, the middle and the end of U S sneaker culture. Whereas that's not really the case in Europe. Sure. You have some kids and some older people who remember Jordan during his playing days, who, you know, think he's an icon, think he's a God and love Jordans because of that. But, um, I'd say every single person or most people into sneakers in the U S point to Michael Jordan as like their gateway into sneakers. Whilst in in Europe, it's very much a much different inspiration. You've got rave culture right in the UK and in Germany, you've got football terrace culture, right? um, Which is where Adidas is so popular, or you have certain Puma or Reebok silhouettes that were worn during these raves. And that's why there's, I, I would say much more parody between the brands in europe as well like um you've got different heritage brands that have this tradition of being connected to certain subcultures and movements and periods of time um which you might not have in the u.s in the u.s it's literally dominated by the swoosh
1: yeah i i agree with that and you mentioned already a few sneakers that definitely seem to be a lot more popular in europe like um for example, the football culture in in the U, in the UK specifically, I feel like the Adidas Samba specifically was an extremely popular silhouette, and it still mm-hmm. is to this day. There's a lot of diehard Adidas uh, Adidas uh collectors there sambas and what are those other ones the gazelles and
0: gazelles specials there's, there's so many exactly. and, like people who, do, who aren't into them will be like oh they all look the same right which it they do look very similar they're all i mean you can say shoes. the same
1: thing about jordan ones bro like they all kind of look the same <laughs> too
0: <laughs> you could say that as well but yeah you're right i mean there's i mean look at the overkill guys right like shout out overkill they're yes. super into adidas zx right and yeah um that's because when they were growing up in the you know the 80s the 90s those were the cool shoes to have in east Mm -hmm. germany in west germany and like if you had those on you were the shit it was similar to your story about jordan's right Mm -hmm. you had on the the thousand series so like the zx eight thousand, and people were like damn this dude spent like 120 euros or back then it was deutsche mark on a pair of shoes like you know he's you know he's cool He's, he's he's got it and um it was a status symbol basically but it was just a different type of status symbol as opposed to jordan's in the u.s
1: and that ZX community that you mentioned is still super strong at least mm-hmm. in Berlin the, that I've noticed a lot of uh, of the ZX releases that happen in overkill uh, there's still campouts for them there's yeah. still and, and they're instant sellouts here they even have pretty decent resale that whole ZX uh, at ZX line in Germany and meanwhile you go to the UK and similar things happen for the specials it's actually I know people who live in the UK who tell me it's actually quite difficult to get like the really um nice colorways of the spezials for retail even though they mm-hmm. release at a lot of locations uh, just yeah. because of how strong that community is as well so yeah, the, I, would yeah say, I would say i would say in the uk
0: said. in the uk as well i think uh, air max is like huge as well right i like air max is big in the us as well but it's big in a different way in the uk it's through you know british hip hop grime whatever you want to call it right rap um it's that kind of you know, Skepta and, and, and JME and all those guys, they had Air Max on their feet and sure they got Air Max from the U S but the way that they wore it, the way that they interpreted the style and mixed it with that, you know, London, British, UK mm-hmm. kind of aesthetic and attitude just added this whole new dimension to the, to the, uh, to the sneaker and to the sneaker series um, which really made it its own. And and that's why I would say that Air Max is huge in the U S but Bigger, I would say in the UK and bigger in a different way, you know,
1: I totally, I totally get what you mean. It's, it is a bit of a status symbol and it is like a very much representative of the culture. Like when you think of grime music, you think of track suits and Air Max sneakers, yeah. right? Like that, that's, that symbolizes that culture. So yeah, definitely. I mean, and now Nike of course realized that, you know, a lot of collabs now with the top grime artists, like Skepta has had a whole line of Air Maxes that have released mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, uh, we definitely talked, we definitely covered differences in preferences. Uh, did you notice anything different about, uh, the way sneakers were released in North America compared to here?
0: I mean, back when I lived in New York, which was now what six over six years ago, which is a while. Right. So things have probably changed a little bit, but I would say that, um, it was definitely more, camp outs more you know pandemonium sometimes as well just because i think people were crazier for shoes in the u.s back then you know like you had uh you had um what's it called you know like jordan's dropping and the footlocker would get overrun and i mean we see the videos nowadays too but it was back then it was all the time Mm -hmm. um and i remember when i was kind of getting into sneakers for the first time Uh, it was first come first serve online a lot. Um, and it was uh, a lot of like the Kith Asics releases, they would sell out so quickly. Right. And me being new to the game, I was like, Oh, like, what do I like, Oh, I, I guess I'll just log in. Like when the drop happens and I'll probably get a pair because, you know, like I got quick fingers, whatever, uh, always, always, always struck out. And, um, and then when I came to the, when I came to Europe, when I moved to Berlin, and, you know, I have to admit it was a different time, but that's when like Yeezy, Adidas Yeezy was really picking up and they had like the the splash page. And that's when like uh, splash pages started to happen and they tried to randomize it. And then raffles came. I think campouts were slowly dying out a little bit in Europe, at least when I first moved over there. So that was like around 2016-ish, 2015, 2016. Um, and raffles really became big. But uh, I'd say nowadays it's pretty similar um, in in terms of how sneakers are released, but I don't know, like like what have you kind of noticed?
1: I yeah, I, I don't notice too many differences. One, one thing uh, I I did notice, and and shout out to um, Sean Go, who's another t- uh, sneaker YouTuber from Toronto. He was telling me how first come first serve releases are done here. They're a bit disorganized, and and people aren't really paying. Too much attention to people you know cutting in the line and, and there's you there's usually fights it usually gets quite aggressive like we've seen and there's been so many you know viral videos about sneaker releases that happen in america and i just do not see those type of aggressive releases happening in europe at all i feel like i I'm, i mean i've done a few campouts myself in berlin and i've noticed that they're a lot more organized usually the store will have one of their employees who kind of stay all night with the people and that, that guy managing the lineup, he usually has a name of all the people who arrive first and he does a periodic check-ins basically. So just to make sure the people are still there. So you don't technically even have to be, in a straight line all night. You can, you know, go out grab some food. You can go home, and take a quick nap, as long as you come back and um, are present for the next roll call, I, I, I suppose. Which I think is just like a way better way and much more organized way of doing a campout rather than you know staying up all night and like scuffling with each other and getting aggressive, you know. So for sure. that's something that I feel like North America should implement more with their yeah. campout releases.
0: I do. I do have to say that I. I don't know about you, but I do miss out. I do miss camping out a little bit um, or just, you know, just getting there early or trying to, come, or just even seeing camp outs, you know, like a lot mm-hmm. of times in Berlin, if there was a sneaker that was releasing that I wasn't really interested in, but like I went out on a Friday night and I knew it was dropping on Saturday. I would like walk by a sneaker store at like, I don't know, four five, 6 AM the day of the release. And I would see people there and like, they're chilling. They're like, I don't know when Pokemon go was big, they were playing Pokemon go or like some people, like if it was cold, like someone would get their car around and then people would take turns sitting in the car. If it was too cold, like it, it was just cool seeing it as well. And um, I'm a little bummed out that everything has moved towards uh, raffles and just online anonymity and apps. Um, because I, I do feel like the, the community feeling gets lost a little bit because like you said, there's people out there that, that want it, to be fair they want people to follow the rules but like it's it's fun when you're sitting there and you meet the people you see the same people and you're like oh, okay like see you next saturday you know like i don't know i i 100
1: 100 I, I definitely miss that too it's it's just all raffles now even all the in-store releases they're all raffles now which i get it i guess it makes sense obviously during this COVID era like you can't have people just you know congregating in one place all night yeah so it, it, it makes sense and I, i'm hopeful although i'm not i don't see it happening anytime soon i'm hoping we see like the traditional uh campouts again uh but it seems very far off though. like yeah. let's be honest
0: <laughs> and i mean it's it's a lot of work as well for i mean all of this stuff is right raffles making sure everything's fair first come first serve releases bot protection that's all really expensive and time consuming for these retailers as well. Right. Who often, all they want to do is sell the shoes. They know they're going to sell, but people calling the stores and saying like, yo, what's the, what's the raffle detail. That's why you see on Instagram so often like brands or or retailers saying like, please do not call, please do not come by the store with questions. Like all the information is here because I know from people, you know, friends who work in retail that it's just so stressful and time consuming and, and, And people who want these shoes can sometimes be really demanding and rude as well, which is unfortunate. So I understand why they're moving towards like it being automized and randomized and all that kind of stuff. But um, at the same time, uh, I do miss that kind of, I don't know, human interaction as well.
1: Let's talk about collabs, maybe how they're done differently uh, over in America. You you had a really good point uh, before we started recording. So maybe you can talk about that.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, and again, let me preface this by saying that there's no hard and fast rule for any of this, right? Like a lot of the stuff we've been, we've talked about is, you know, some of them are generalizations. Some of them are anecdotes. A lot has changed as well, since both of us lived in, in, in the U S or in North America. Um, and in, in general, I think sneaker culture has become more homogenous. It's become more the same across uh, the Atlantic, but, um, What I noticed uh, is that sneaker collaborations, in my opinion, are driven more by retailers in the EU or brands, maybe, you know, whilst in the US, they're driven more by celebrities or individual people. So, you know, uh, a Virgil Abloh is the face of the off-white Nike uh, collaboration, right? Like technically it's an off-white Nike collaboration, but Virgil is so big that he's the face of it. Um, Pharrell Williams is the face of his collaboration with uh, with Adidas. Kanye West is the face of Yeezy uh, and and their work with Adidas. Um, even on a smaller scale, right? You can say like, yeah, Kith collaborates with New Balance, but it's Ronnie Feig who's collaborating with New Balance. Ronnie Feig who's collaborating with ASICS because he's built such a name for himself. And rightly so. I mean, they're all super talented. They're great at what they do um, and they deserve the limelight for sure. That's not what I'm trying to say. But I think in general sneaker collaborations in the eu are very much more like retailer driven and kind of like i don't know like a Soulbox new balance Soulbox adidas overkill adidas uh sneakers and stuff collaboration it's never really like the people there but more like the brand and, and what the retailer kind of represents um i don't know like yeah like, that's that's, that's that?
1: I, I think that's the that's a very fair point There's a lot of, I guess, in the US, it seems like there's a lot of individuals, a lot of superstars who are, uh, you know, the driving force behind the collapse. Like, more recently, we had uh, Salehi Uh, even even the... Emily on door collabs, even though they are, of course, a brand A leon door, I feel like a lot of people just think of those as like Teddy Santis, uh, you know, collabs. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right, man. In, in the, in the, in the EU, it's very much retailer driven, all of the collabs. I don't know when there's a Soulbox box collab or SNS collab. I don't know any individual person I can point to as this is the guy who did the collab. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I agree, man. That's a good point. And
0: I mean, that's again, not to say like, you know, um, you know, my boy Burns uh, of Dead Hype, he, he had a collaboration. And again, it was it was more of a Dead Hype collaboration, but you knew that he was the guy uh, with Adidas who did his ZX. Um, and uh, you have it on the other side as well. Like you said, Aim on Door or Bodega is doing a collaboration. Obviously, that's also retailer driven. But I would say, like you said, it, it's more the exception in the US that it's a retailer or kind of brand doing it and, and more uh, individual superstars, Kanye West, Travis Scott, that kind of stuff. Um, right. Right. Which, which I like, I, it doesn't, it might not even mean anything. I just thought it was interesting to bring up because when I was thinking about this, like podcast episode, that was like one of the things that popped into my mind. I was like, Hmm, that, that, that's interesting. So I I guess if anyone's listening and has thoughts on that, please, you know, let us know, let me know, uh, what, what you guys think. And and maybe we're wrong. You know, maybe I missed out some, some retailers on the U S side and some individuals on the European side.
1: Yeah. And, and also guys, if you haven't already done so, make sure you go on iTunes and give us a good review, get those reviews up. We definitely need them. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you once again for listening as always. Uh, Just to quickly wrap up this topic, a bit of a tough question, but what do you think overall, which, which uh, area, Europe or North America, where do you think you see an overall stronger sneaker culture?
0: No, man. I mean, there's no way that I can say one is stronger than the other just because they're, they're so different in many ways. They're so similar in other ways. And when you, when it comes down to it, like it's more like, which one do I prefer? And I prefer the European, I don't even want to say culture, but I I just prefer the the releases in Europe because I'm more of a new balance, ASICs, Adidas kind of guy or runner kind of guy. and, And that's kind of more what you get in Europe. As opposed to the the retro jordans um but nowadays everything's so globalized and international um like i don't know like just to derail this slightly but like i wrote down some similarities right and so both the us and the and europe are obsessed with technology and comfort right air nike air boost the excitement for these technologies you see on both sides you know and both types of sneakerheads are both sneakerheads from different areas. You do it because you want to stand out, right? You have like a if you know, you know approach. You're wearing cool shoes, whether you're in London, whether you're in Miami or wherever, you know that like if you see someone with a cool shoe or you're wearing a, a pair of cool sneakers and you see someone looking and you look at them and you catch their eye, it's it's the same on both sides, right? And And I think both are very tight knit communities as well. I mean, like you probably have a lot of followers uh, or a lot of viewers as well on on YouTube who, you know, you've got like discourse groups, you've got uh, Reddit chats, whatever, um, with people, whether they're in the US or or in in Europe. So I don't know, it's super hard to say. I would say um, just because my personal aesthetic preference is runners, I prefer Europe. Also, I live in Europe. But um, you know there's a lot of things about the the. US sneaker culture historically and traditionally that I I love, I appreciate and and I miss as well because you know I used to live. I used to work right next to Kith and uh, that was like my go-to spot literally three four times a week.
1: Yeah, no, of course, of course. I think uh, for me the way I'd answer that question is it depends on what the definition of strong sneaker culture is if if the definition is, which area seems to have like more people interested in sneakers then i just i just feel like based on my experience north america wins that battle um definitely when you go to some of the bigger cities like uh new york uh or la what i notice is it seems like everyone is rocking heat you know like it seems like everyone is wearing jordans it's like you don't you you don't see them as frequently as you do in Europe. In Europe, yeah, every now and then, you know, you'll you'll notice someone rocking like a nice pair or some something limited. Whereas I feel like in the U.S., everyone's rocking some kind of heat, you know, at least Definitely. in the big cities. Not not in not in not in the smaller cities, of course. Just it goes city by city. But right, but you, you have to compare. At-
0: you have to compare like the big U S cities with the big uh, European cities. Right. Right, right. I would say London probably comes closest to, uh, for sure, for sure to America in that regard. But like if you're walking through Berlin, right, which is a city of 3 million and you're walking through Brooklyn, which is 3 million people, or maybe a little bit more now, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see way, way more people wearing retro Jordans, uh, kith releases, whatever in Brooklyn than you are. In-
1: I mean, I stand by my point though. I, th- I think just from a numbers point of view, I would say America wins this battle.
0: Definitely. Yeah.
1: So let's quickly get into the news. Then Uh, I know we talked a lot about this, uh, about the differences in culture, but we'll quickly touch on the news. Should we, should we talk about the missing packages first? Oh
0: yeah. Let's uh, why don't you fill us in? Like what, what happened there? Like who are we, who are we blasting this time for missing packages?
1: Well, It seems to be there's one specific release that this happened with, and that is these uh, exclusive access, the 50 off-white Nike dunks. So it seems like, first of all, this particular release, there seems to have been way more pairs than people expected. I've, I've seen some blogs say there was upwards of 300,000 pairs. Um, and yeah, I, I put a poll up on my uh, Instagram asking how many guys got a W and 33% of people said they got Ws, which is extremely high. It definitely wasn't as limited.
0: Dude, man, um, they dropped, what was it, like last week? And I was walking around, I saw three pairs in Berlin on separate occasions and in Dusseldorf, which, you know isn't like the sneaker hotspot of germany although there are some cool stores here you know, shout out a few um i've seen like six or seven people wearing them man like and no way really yeah yeah like i went to okay, okay one was like a, a guy who worked in a cool store here um so like obviously he would have them but like i i saw so many people wearing them and for me when there's usually like let's say like the off-white nike air jordan fours right when those drop it took you a while to see them in the wild right like mm-hmm. like you would see them be like oh fuck like that's rare like oh somebody's actually wearing them and they didn't you know just send them off to stock x but here so many people are rocking the the, the 50 man it's so it, it shows me that they definitely weren't as limited as people thought which you know is cool a lot of people got their hands on them but uh surprising for sure
1: yeah but go- going back to uh this this topic so in the state it seems like this particular release a lot of people their order just seems to have not reached them. Uh, they were shipped out and s- there was no shipping updates for many days. Packages seem to be missing specifically from from FedEx. FedEx seems to be the main culprit here. Um, this kind of thing, I don't see it happening. I, like I, I order so many sneakers, all right? Like I make sneaker YouTube videos, right? So in any given week, I'll have like seven or eight packages coming in. And I'll be honest, like to this day, I've never had a package stolen by uh, any kind of delivery service in Germany, and that's it, it's been like a good three, three to four years of me collecting sneakers now. And but the frequency at which this seems to happen in North America—oh, that's funny—we're going back to like our main topic. <laughs> shit gets stolen a lot more there, but yeah, the, the frequency at which this seems to happen in North America is is quite high. And I don't know, like, who do you think is at fault here, right? Like, is it like who, who should get the blame? Is it the big brands or is nah, it definitely the delivery not the report? I mean,
0: as soon, I mean, obviously it's Nike's financial and legal responsibility until it gets into your hands. Right. Uh, if you order something mm-hmm. and you pay the money for something, it's their responsibility to get it to you safely. But that being said, they are contracting FedEx, USPS, whatever UPS. In this case, it was FedEx, which is mm-hmm. a huge reputable company with, you know, insurance, legal, whatever, like they are covered across the board and they are losing packages, most likely being stolen by, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say FedEx drivers, maybe somebody at the parcel factory, whatever. But there's been too many reports for it to be a coincidence, right? So I would say 95% or 99% of the blame lies on FedEx. I would say 1%, maybe Nike, where like, don't, maybe don't put Nike tape or branding all over it because it seems that these, whoever is doing this, right? is making these packages get lost is seeing the Nike tape on there, sees the brand and says, Hmm, okay. There's probably something interesting in here or, Oh, I know like there's been some pretty hype releases. There's a good chance that this is a hype release, right? So I would say Nike should maybe stop putting branding on the packages and just, just ship like a super plain looking box, Um, but at at the same Um, time, like FedEx, check your employees, man, like fuck that.
1: But the fact that it happens so much makes me think that from FedEx side and also from whatever other delivery partners, it seems like the repercussions of this happening aren't very high. So it's possible that for any... I don't know how it works, obviously. I'm just purely speculating. But maybe, you know, there's a certain amount of packages that can get lost for each driver. They have, like, some kind of allowance there. You know, you never know. Um, And maybe just the repercussions aren't that bad for an individual. So he is more incentivized to steal stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm purely speculating. I don't know how it works. But it definitely seems to be happening way more over there. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know what Nike can really do. I mean, they're hiring the best delivery people in the business, you know, best the most reputable companies. What can you really do if they're getting well, they I mean, also, getting
0: like like, the the end of the day, what was it like? Maybe a hundred people. Right. And if, if on Twitter complaining about this, if, mm-hmm. if there were really 300,000 pairs and let's say, us us say it was 300 people, then of 1% of all people who ordered a pair of shoes, right. That lost mm-hmm. their stuff. Nike's not going to, move mountains for 1%. They're going to be like, you know what? Sorry that happened. Not really our fault, but here's a full refund or credit to buy something else. Right. And that's the best they can do. Um, if let's say half or 25 or 30% of all packages were being stolen, then I would expect Nike to be like, I had FedEx. What's up? Like, if you keep doing this, we're going to take our business elsewhere and you're going to lose tens of millions of dollars a year on shipping because we're gonna go with USPS because they don't steal our stuff, right? Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think it's a uniquely American thing because uh, when I browse Reddit sometimes, I'll see videos of uh, like, they call them like porch bandits, right, where people like steal other people's mail, hoping that it's something valuable. Right. And, and it's not always like the delivery person who does it. Right. Sometimes it's a neighbor or somebody who like drives by. And I've seen this so many times where like people drive by in a car and then somebody will jump out of the car, run up to the porch and then like grab something. And the people have like a security camera there. Right. Because it's happened so much. And Uh I, I I don't think I don't own a house. I don't live like I live in the city. So usually my packages are either delivered straight to me or to a neighbor, but I've, I've also never had anything stolen. I don't think that it happens that you know, much in
1: Europe. You, you just raised a very good point because I noticed that too. So i um, now that I'm back in Canada, I, I, I ordered something uh, from, uh, I forget what company, but anyways, they delivered the package um, to my house and they just left it outside, like in front of my door. So they didn't even like ring my bell or anything. They literally just left the package on my front door. Mm-hmm. So it's very possible someone could have come by and just taken it. And from living in Germany now for the last four years, that is not how companies deliver packages there. What they do is like, if you're not home, they're not just going to leave the package at your door. Like they're, they're most likely what they're going to do is give it to a neighbor and then they will, in your mailbox, leave you a note telling you exactly which neighbor has your shoes. So there's like, you know, exactly if your shoe got stolen, you know, who took it. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I think that's one major difference like they seem to just leave stuff at the front door for anyone to take them right like it's
0: it's ridiculous i think it's also i mean we can talk about this for hours actually but like i think a lot of times it's because these drivers these delivery guys they have to hit certain targets in a certain amount of time right they have their route and they have to finish it in i don't know let's just say six hours but they have 600 packages so they have to deliver Uh 100 packages an hour so what they're doing is they're running Boom. And they're not going to ring and then wait 30 seconds or a minute for you to open your door. They're just going to drop it. Market is um market is delivered. And then you get a notification that it was delivered and you open it up. But um that, you know, that aside, like it there is definitely a big problem in the US, or not a big problem, but a problem that people steal other people's mail and also that shit just, you know, goes missing sometimes. Like maybe it's the driver, maybe it's the person in the factory, maybe it's the delivery driver. Like, it, there's so many links in the chain that it's impossible to tell. It's just, it's, it can't be a co- coincidence that like several dozens of people have complained about it on Twitter, you know, and it, it's shitty. Like I get it. But at the end of the day, like there's nothing anyone can really do about it.
1: Uh, let, let's move on to the next topic uh, we'll cover the Nike new release method that they're doing on the co.jp release which I thought was super interesting so for those of you who don't know uh, there's a bunch of Japanese exclusive Nike releases from the last 20 to 30 years and Nike is kind of deciding which ones they should retro again so they decided to at least in Japan uh, ask the people which ones that they want to see retro so there's a they're doing a sneaker contest kind of like march madness style so putting sneakers against each other vote which one you want to see and then that, the winner moves on to the next round um and it's essentially basically the people who are going to decide which sneaker gets retro and i thought that was really cool and i'm like why didn't they think of this idea sooner i mean th- this is something people would love even in america I mean- or europe they,
0: they did that actually for Air Max Day 2018, I think it was, um, where they had like different designs from, you know, they had like the Nike Air uh, workshops around the mm-hmm. world. And then, uh, I don't know, 15 people get invited. And then of those 15, one design would win. And then they would like vote for which design um, should be actually made. So they actually did that in a, in a slightly different way for air max day, which was cool. Like there were a couple of air max 97s that released. Um, I'm pretty sure the Sean Watherspoon pair was also voted to be made, uh, the year before. So basically you vote the year, like you vote in 2018 and then the shoe that wins comes out in 2019, which is, which is cool. And, uh, or like when they retro the, uh, the Atmos, what was it? Elephant Print air max one. I think that was voted on the year prior as well. Mm-hmm. um, so it's not like totally new, but the fact that they're now like going back into the vault and checking out these like 15 or whatever it is, 20 uh, Japan exclusive pairs, and then asking sneakers users, what do you want to see in a worldwide release or a global release is is super cool. And there's like, if you have, obviously most of you will have the sneakers app, go check it out. Um, you can vote as well for, I think there's actually, by the time you listen to this, you can't vote for the first round anymore, but you can vote for the second round and there's some really really cool sneakers there, like uh, some really like outlandish designs as well that I've never seen before. Um, that would be really cool to get in like a global release. Um,
1: let's quickly talk about this last topic. Uh, I know it's not really sneaker related, but let's touch on it, man. Supreme, Supreme's opening up a store in Berlin. Give, on a scale of one to ten, how much do you care?
0: Surprisingly, like a seven, which okay. is well, which is high because I, you know, I used to be like Thursdays, man, I was on my computer at 12. I'd be like trying to cop that new Supreme. Um, and then, you know, my interest kind of faded. And I thought that like some of the collaborations they did weren't that exciting. A lot of the accessories weren't as cool as they they used to be. Um, maybe I just grew out of, grew out of it. I don't know. But um, the fact that a Supreme store is now opening in, in my city, in our city, it does pique my interest a little bit. Like, I know that they have, you know, a bunch of Nike collabs sometimes, and and those are pretty cool most of the time. And I just think it would be cool to like, go pick something up in store. You know, I've only ever bought stuff online. Um, Am I going to be the biggest Supreme head again? Probably not. I I assume it's the same for you, right? It's just like cool to check out.
1: Definitely. Like I'm totally with you. I would, for me, I would say it's more of an, I would give it an eight uh, because for exactly what you said it's so cool to have a supreme store in your city and based on the rumored location it's supposed to be in Mitte on on if that were yeah. to happen that would be amazing because that's a very short walk for me so i would be able to you know check out the releases um yeah and so i'm excited to have that in in the city of course like supreme the brand like, you know, the exclusivity of having a supreme peace, the coolness factor, I guess, of it, definitely not what, it's want, what it once wore it was. It's, it's now it belongs to a corporation who have, you know, much bigger profit incentives. So that's, what, that's why we're seeing this expansion, I guess. So, uh, yeah, from that point of view, it's not that great but i'm pretty excited especially i'm a big fan of supreme accessories you know like just stuff to put around the house like that look cool um so i'm i, I would be hyped to just you know go in store grab one of those pieces just for the crib but yeah, yeah. i mean yeah it's it's cool I, I like that it's coming to berlin let's get to the upcoming sneakers uh, there's a lot man there's a lot coming out of the next uh two weeks i have four pairs here um so I'll, I'll i'll quickly go over some of them so first of all we we're talking i was talking about orange jordan ones earlier in the episode um yeah there's a pair coming out on the 28th the shattered backboard jordan one low um and it's supposedly done in the og style as well the og shattered backboard jordan one lows i'm definitely very hyped about this pair i love orange and orange on jordan ones and on a jordan one low yeah oh man like the the shattered uh, the high top is one of those pairs, like one of my favorite Jordan ones ever that I don't own. So I'm definitely going to be copying this low top version. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think about that release?
0: I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I find orange hard to wear personally, yeah. but I know, you know, I know you're a big fan of the, um, the Syracuse Dunk Lows, right? Right. And the Dunk Highs. And mm-hmm. so these kind of are similar to that, but you were also saying earlier that the Air Jordan One lows you prefer over the Dunk lows. So it's almost yeah, like so the perfect
1: I'm, release for you, right? Like you gotta get. I, them. I'm probably gonna sell my Dunk my Dunk low to be honest. Like as soon as I cop this, and I'm hoping to cop it. I don't think they're gonna be too hard to get. There's no, gonna be a men's I don't think and a woman's release. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, because even the neutral gray Jordan 1 lows, I thought those would be much harder to get than they actually were. They turned out to be just like a widely available pair. Man, sleeper, uh, the low- sleeper pair as and
0: sleeper pairs. And
1: super sleeper, man. Amazing quality on that pair. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm going to be getting these and I'll probably, I'll probably end up selling my Syracuse pair after I get these. Uh, moving on to some Jordan 4s, the Lightning 4s. They are also mm. going to be dropping on the 28th. Uh, from what I've seen, the leather seems pretty decent. It's it's suede, right? Not leather, suede on the upper.
0: I think it's like suede or nubuck or something. It's it's yeah, not suede right, right. leather. Actually, yeah. you're
1: right. It is nubuck. It is nubuck. This pair also coming out on the 28th. And fans of the Jordan Four, if you look at the uh, OG release of this pair on StockX right now, they're going for you know well over a thousand in every size, well over $1,500, 2000 in some sizes. So people are pretty hyped to have these back. The fragment Sakai waffle racers—they um, already had a EU release uh, a couple of days ago, but the worldwide North American release will be happening uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, another one of those triple collabs that you know you and me have hated on a lot on this on this pod, and I'm also quite indifferent about this pair. The blue one is all right, but. It's something about the writing on it. I don't know if you feel the same way. The writing on the heel, I just really don't like that font. It looks like it looks like someone typed it on Microsoft Word and like stuck it on there, you know? It's you know also I mean?
0: it it says like usually fragment like sneakers will have like some sort of like numeric code on there, like a color code or something like that, like a colorway mm-hmm. code. I think these ones say the classic Nike X Sakai, yeah. right? And it's just like what I, I have to admit like we, we hate it on these three-way collaborations a lot. I do like these. I like the gray and I like the Navy. I missed out on I missed them on the European release just because I was traveling and like on holiday and just wasn't checking my phone that often. Um, if I do get them resale or you know, end up getting a pair, uh, I will definitely scratch out that text on the midsole because I think it looks ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Why, why does it say the classic anyways? Like since when has Sakai and fragment been like a classic, isn't that like a new collab? I'm, I'm well, a little I think bit it, confused.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a reference to the waffle racer being a classic, right? So, or the tailwind, sorry. So it's, it's a reference to the Tailwind or whatever the, I think tailwind or, or waffle racer, whatever shoe was the um, inspiration. It's a, it's a reference to that being the classic, but it's just like, I don't know. It's weird putting that on the on the sole.
1: Yeah, for sure. And and the last one I want to talk about, the oh actually, sorry, two more. The social status dunks. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the strawberry ice cream colorway. So there's gonna be a mid and a low top. Very, very well. I, I really want those lows, the pink ones. I think, so I think the lows
0: are only in children's sizes. Yeah. So I think both pairs are actually mids, but they're not actually mids. So when I was talking to James about this, he was very particular that like they're higher than they're higher than the lows and they're lower than highs, but they're also slightly higher than mids or something like that. So they're not actually Nike dunk mids. They're just the social status Nike dunks because the shoe has never existed before they made the specific height and the design exactly as social status wanted it. So, um, so a very, very special pair. Anyone who's trying to cop a pair, like good luck. I'm, I think they're going to be quite limited. Um, but they're, yeah, they're really, really nice.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and the last one I want to quickly touch on another Jordan four pair. This one is being called the shimmer. And I don't know if you've seen it, but if you missed out on that off white Jordan four, these are looking nice. I'm going to get these for nice.
0: sure. For sure. So it's a woman's release, but it goes up to like 44 and a half, which is like what a US 11, something like that US 11 and a half. No, um, that is
1: unfortunately a US 10 and a half, which sucks uh, for me because as usual, they never make my size in these woman releases, man. And I would have loved to grab this pair. Are you kidding me, man? Like, yes. of course I wanted the off whites.
0: So I had these, I had these in my uh, list as well and I love the off whites, couldn't afford them after they dropped because I definitely missed out on them. Uh, I definitely like these. I like these a lot. And I've been meaning to pick up a four. Uh, I wanted the top haze, maybe the UNCs, but unwilling to p- pull the trigger on the resale prices at the moment. So the shimmer might have to be the one. Um, really like that one. Then I have I have a couple more. If you're, I don't know if you're done.
1: I'm done. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it.
0: So, so Double Taps is doing a New Balance 990 V2, like a really nice all gray, um sneaker which you know their 992 was amazing last year uh it was like that kind of like cool military style and uh, the 990 is definitely going to be a nice one um then the joe fresh goods new balance 990 v3 is getting a global release i think september 9th or 10th if i remember correctly um those are going to be more widely available than before i'm hoping to hit on a pair because you know me i love new balance i love we both love the v3s the most as well um and i just love joe fresh Good's color blocking man he's just just next level um and then i have two more actually so i had the nike air jordan 7 bordeaux which is another classic colorway that you know is kind of i don't know i guess up for discussion as to how many people actually like it um i'm not a huge fan but i know that there are people out there who do love the Bordeaux and they love the Jordan seven, not for me, but if you're looking to cop that, I think that drops, uh, end of August, beginning of September at some point. And then, uh, dropping on August 27th, I believe is the a six gel 1130, which I thought was cool. It's dropping at you know, retailers such as sneakers and stuff, or, you know, most of the, most of the general retailers will have this one and It's a very two thousands, like it's got big hole mesh. It's got ASICs branding and like nice poppy colors. Um, And the best thing is it's a sub 90 Euro shoe, right? So like, if you're looking for something on a budget, like a nice late summer, early, uh, early fall shoe um, I cannot recommend ASICs gel shoes more. And the 1130 is looking pretty sleek.
1: Damn. That's a lot of releases for two weeks, man. That's crazy. Yeah,
0: I feel like August, like late August, is really heating up because uh, I think there was a period earlier this summer where there wasn't really much going on. There were a couple of weeks where like nothing major apart from the Travises, right? There was nothing else that was good. I think the next few weeks, maybe next month and a half, is going to be uh, difficult for many people's wallets.
1: Not not for me because you can't cop anything up here in Canada, man. <laughs> you know they they don't even have a sneakers app. First of all,
0: I know, and- but you have a size store now, right?
1: yeah, we do have a size store, but dude, there is a sneakers desktop version, and every release happens at 6 am. Oh man like can you imagine waking up like I've tried so I tried to wake up for I had my alarm for the fragments and also the uh I forget it was another release a couple of weeks ago. I couldn't do it like i'm like I, i'm I'm not waking up at six man it's it's too much. might as well just like
0: stay awake at that point
1: (laughs) yeah exactly exactly yeah but that's about it man wow that was a pretty uh pretty lengthy episode i hope you guys enjoyed it uh yeah man always good to talk to my man fobs and of course guys already mentioned it if you are enjoying this pod share with a friend Anyone you know who's into sneakers, uh, we would appreciate it. Thank you for all the new listeners. You guys are definitely awesome. Kick back pause, share with your friends, give us a review on, iP- on Apple Music. And yeah, man, we'll see you guys in two weeks time. But until then, take care. We're out.
0: Peace.